So Kip McCarthy said that he was against the so-called vaccine passports, your traveling papers. He said that's more for communist China. But I mean, that was a long time ago when he said that. That was like, you know, a month ago. And he recently voted just just this past weekend with 80 other former Republicans to spend $400 million of your money for the database that will power the injection diktats passport system, the traveling papers in the United States. We'll talk about that, plus the Mockingbird Media, the party. And once again, they've got a mass murder over which they can preen. And Virtue Signal reminds us of the lawless one and also how we treat the least of these. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times to which God has decided we shall live. We do have unique responsibilities, and sometimes you just choose to shirk them, like I did for a long time. I didn't understand the responsibility, so I shirked it, and I'm trying to do a better job of that. Coming up, um, I've got a song of the day that's completely different from what I would recommend. I do a music review now every day. And a friend of mine reminded me of this song. I realized I had it on my my, uh, my iPhone. And listeners are, ups- well, first of all, there's some great feedback on the new format and the changes to the show. There's also some people who are upset with me that I referred to something from the Garden of Eden. I, I made a specific reference to a specific sort of fruit. Uh, so I'll address that because I appreciate all the feedback. Kevin McCarthy and these, <laughs> uh, well, look, do you know why I use the phrase professional Republican? So there, this came about that phrase, that way of thinking, and it's interchangeable to me somewhat with shiny shoes. That when I was in D.C., I had a meeting with a guy at, um, it's a, well, I guess it wasn't the Heritage Foundation, but it was just up the street from the Heritage Foundation and it was, you know, a conservative group. And okay, they're very conservative, super conservative, rock ribbed. And I went into the office of this young guy. Oh, you know what it was? It was the, um, it was Republican Senatorial Committee. They're digital people. And I went into the office of this young guy to talk about polling and what we were doing at this company I called Crowdverb. And I went in and said, hey, so what brings you to D.C.? And just introducing myself. And he's a young guy. He's, he's, but he's the smart one. And he said, uh, oh, you know, I just always wanted to work in politics. I said, oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, what's your background, ideology? He said, I'm, I'm really with the, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm really the, in the Green Party. I said, oh, okay, Green Party. And here you are working for Republicans. He goes, yeah, the, the color green. You know, DC's where the money is. Okay, well, thank you for being honest. It's a good thing, I think, to be honest. And that realization that he just had no problem admitting that. Now, look, I ain't born none yesterday. I get that there are people 
a lot of them who work in D.C. for the money, a whole bunch of them. But he just came out and admitted, I don't have any particular concern for the country. I don't have any particular ideology or principles other than, man, I need to get myself some some cash. So that's that's a junior version of a professional Republican. Kevin McCarthy is a professional Republican. And I'll say again, when I met McCarthy, I found him to be a nice guy. I found him to be unassuming. Um, I found him to be helpful because we were helpful to him at the Republican National Committee. Maybe he's just a nice, nice Joe who happens to be completely and utterly without any form of principle that I can observe. But McCarthy is saying, Oh, I'm deeply against this. This is communist China stuff. This, these vaccine passports, this belongs in communist China. That's true. And then to turn around and fund the database for this. You can't, look, McCarthy is not a dumb man. I have talked tech with him. He's not stupid. And he understands what tech does and what databases do and what a system like an injection diktat traveling paper system would require on a federal basis. It would require knowing who's been injected and who's not. He knows this. You can't not know this and have his brain because he understands tech. But professional Republican requires that you Republican. So the phrase professional Republican goes like this. What do you do for a living? High Republican. What's that mean? It means I do the things that the party needs in order to have a business model. I Republican. And we sort of got these, these, these issues that we use to keep people divided, abortion, gun control. We keep people divided that way. But when it becomes inconvenient for us, or we lose a rhetorical battle because Republicans have no sense of being on offense, not even a little bit. And they, they lose these battles as they're doing now with the so-called transgender uh, movement. Transgender is a, a meaningless word. There's no such thing as a transgendered person. It, no, no, one, no one is born in the wrong body. It's a physical and biological and spiritual impossibility. It can't happen. It doesn't mean that the feelings aren't there. They've always been there. Yeah, you end up with cases like this. Well, so McCarthy and and the Republicans and the professional Republicans, they want to make peace with the trans ideologists, the trans militants. And in so doing, they're selling out businesses who don't want to pretend men are women. And that's just one example of professional Republicaning. Why are you doing this? Well, you know, the polls donors. There's no business model that we can't figure out how to make money protecting women's sports. So you end up with this absurd case, this swimmer, college swimmer, has been a man for three years. Oh no, now he's a woman and now he's dominating swimming and he's treated like a hero. Like, oh, look, this transgender swimmer is really good. Yeah, he's a man. He's been swimming as a man at a college level for three years. And guess what? He's still a dude. And this is, yeah, it is comparable. Because it goes to the nature of the Republican Party. We don't need parties. DC is not coming to rescue us. It's not going to happen, McCarthy or anywhere else. They are not coming to rescue us. Furthermore, there is a truth. We know where this truth resides. We understand God's design for people. And none of it gives us license to be cruel to people who feel that way. 
So the 80 turncoats come and vote to give the federal government the ability to track your medical decisions, but only related to the injections. And you could do this on obesity. You could do this on diet, on health care, on you could do this on any number of things. And you could defend it better. I could make a better case for an obesity passport than, than can be made for these injection diktats. I can make a better case for a smoking passport. I can make a better case for a whole number of passports. But that doesn't have a business model attached to it. Now, look at this, this McCarthy. This was McCarthy way back in April. He said the House yeah, minority leader, uh, he said, thanks to the safe vaccines from Operation Warp Speed, we will defeat the virus. But forcing Americans to carry a vaccine pace passport to go about daily life is unacceptable in a free society. Way back in April. Then the turncoats. And by the way, <laughs> the bill to do this in the House and now has to go to the Senate had had um, had Republican co-sponsors, Larry Bashan from Indiana, James Baird from Indiana, David McKinney from West Virginia. Gee, what's in West Virginia? Oh, that's right. The worst cases of opioid abuse in the world. Right there in West Virginia. What else is there? Oh, that's right. There's isn't pharma from that area of the of the country. Well, they're not from it, but there's a big family there in that area. Brian Fitzpatrick, Pennsylvania. 80 former Republicans vote to give the, the, the federal government power to track your medical decisions. And again, you can go right back to McCarthy in September of 2021. Yes, yeah, so I don't, today you had about 90 million Americans about a month ago who were not vaccinated. 40 million of them actually had COVID. So you're dealing with about 50 million. If you were one of those individuals that had not been vaccinated yet, you had questions, you had doubt. I don't believe in a punishment method to get somebody to do it because they'll create more doubt. If you remove information from the internet where they can't have all the information. If you say you're vaccinated and you still have to wear a mask, even though the science doesn't say it behind it, that is no incentive to get vaccinated. So I would take a much different approach. I would start reaching out. I'm a believer in this. I would show them all the information. Let's get them to that point. We are in a economy that when you walk into a restaurant, they don't have enough workers. If you're trying to move transportation, they don't have enough. Inflation is driving because the salaries are going up because you don't have people to work. And then you're going to come in and mandate. So you're going to have companies where we're having hospitals shut down today that you can't have a child in a certain hospital because people aren't there to work. You're having health care workers who will not be vaccinated. And so my solution to that is to give the federal government a, a database to put this everywhere. That's my solution. I'm not for the force. I'm just for the mechanisms of the force. I don't want to force anybody to do anything. I just want to fund $400 million in a database so the government can force it. And it's going to go to the bureaucrats. Now, the way this works in D.C. is they provide the funding for this. They borrow the money from China. They print it. McCarthy, then it goes over to the over the fence to the bureaucrats, to the FDA, the CDC, because, well, this is actually directly for the CDC. It goes over to the CDC. The CDC then says, hey, we're going to use this database to force people to take medically useless, in fact, very, very dangerous injections because that's the business model of the CDC. It's a pharma company. 
And then you know what Kevin McCarthy gets to do? McCarthy gets to come back and say, I'm against this. Why? This is an outrage. This is overreach. This is bureaucracy run wild. And, and, and we can't and we can't have this. And hey, if you give us the majority, well, then we'll go reverse this. It's a tidy little shell game. It's deceptive and it's lying. What it does is put business owners in the following position. The, the question there that was from Squawk Box back September 14, 2021. And the question the guy asked him from Squawk Box was, there's businesses who want to force people to get ejected, but they want the cover from the federal government. Are you going to provide that cover? Now, if this comes from the federal government, here's the, here's as I see it, the, the, as I view it, me, the Christian position. If you equate employees with servants, because I don't know that the word employee existed in the time of the uh, the first disciples, we're not to tr- we're not to bully employees. We're not to abuse them. Well, this is the mechanism of abuse. This is the mechanism of bullying. This is the mechanism of forcing people to violate their religious views. But McCarthy has this now fallback position of, oh, well, we just wasn't us. And that'll be the plan. Now, <laughs> McCarthy is a champ at trying to, to, to hoard his Twinkie, but to keep eating it. I, I, I assume you also appreciate the point. There are people who read your tweets who don't want to get vaccinated and say, right on. That's the right decision. Yeah, and right on. Don't mandate it, but go get vaccinated. I've been vaccinated, and I believe in it. I encourage but, but you. But you to appreciate do it. what what the mixed message that could reflect to certain people who are going to no. take away from what they want from no, the, from a tweet like that, right? No the, no, the mixed message is is right now of how you're delivering it. What I firmly believe is when you mandate something, is when you don't reward somebody for doing something, you're going to get less of it. So the process here is what the government is doing is taking more information away, not providing it all to people. We're talking about people who are not vaccinated today after they have this other information. Let's give them an incentive to be vaccinated you, instead you, of actually you, creating a do bigger you support problem. Private, do you support private enterprises um, mandating vaccination? It's the private enterprise. Let yeah, them Kevin. Do what they good, good, do. good trick. It's the private enterprise. They can do what they want to do. Right. See how he slides away from that? Now, in in his entire pimping here, because that's what he's doing, none of it, none of it can withstand any questioning. So he is on with with the CNBC guy who they are as big a vaccine pimps as exist or mRNA injection pimps as exist. They've got the same corporate owners who are deep into the mRNA injection scam and the the Great Reset that began in March of 2020, the same corporate owners. That's why this can never come out that these things are not, in fact, vaccines. Only on shows like this does that ever get mentioned. Literally not vaccines. They don't do what vaccines do, so they had to change the definition of vaccine. And by the way, has anyone ever really explored how utterly absurd that is? Let me give you an example of this. Let's say that you purchased a car 
So you go to it, let's say you go to a beautiful showroom and you've got a whole bunch of spare cash. And, and instead of building God's kingdom, you're going to purchase a third Land Rover. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, look, hey, log in my eye. I don't have a third Land Rover, but I was kind of examining the money I spent to go to the gym the other day. I sort of convicted on that. Okay. So in any case, you go and you purchase your third Land Rover but it's not ready. So, Hey, we're going to call you when it's ready. You can come and pick it up. And so it's, it's a month and and you go, you go to pick up your new land Rover. And as you walk in, it has no wheels. It has no axles. And you say, what in the world is this? So it's, it's your vehicle. It has no wheels. It doesn't even have axles. What do you mean? It's my vehicle. Oh, we changed the definition. Now a vehicle is something in which you sit and listen to music. It has climate control and beautiful seats and GPS. That's the definition. We took the part of wheels and axles out of it. So that's your, that's your vehicle. There you go. This is exactly what they did with the word vaccine. Oh, yeah. Well, no, vaccines used to provide immunity. That's back in the day. They used to be neutralizing agents. They used to kickstart your immune system based upon dead portions or inert portions of the thing we're trying to fight. Yeah, that was the case, but now we changed it. Now they don't do that. Now they make you feel maybe slightly better when you get sick, but that's it. But that's not a vaccine. No, it is now. And this is a Land Rover now with no wheels and no axles, so no wheels can ever go on it. And this is McCarthy pimping this stuff on CNBC, pimping this stuff, pretending he doesn't understand what this database is going to do and for which it will be used. And that's the trick. From this, you can look at this in a specific kind of lab setting to where this is all headed. The first place this happened was in Washington state. The first place where they blocked legislators from entering a building to vote on behalf of their constituents, which means they can't even participate in the legislative process. I mean, we all get this, right? If you are non-injected, in, in other words, if you're a, uh, I don't like to, someone said uh, pure blood, but no. Uh, what, what would we be? Naturally blooded people? Safe bloods? People who've not had the mRNA injections, safe bloods, uh, clean bloods, something like that. If you're a clean blood and you're not allowed to go onto the floor as a legislator, you can't be involved in floor discussions. You can't be involved in floor objections because you're home, you're on Zoom, you're on mute. And the party leaders, party bosses get to block you. This happened to a friend of mine, a good godly legislature, legislator named Jesse Young in Washington, D.C., running for the Senate. Full endorsement from me. He was trapped at home. He couldn't object. He couldn't offer amendments to bills unless the party took him off mute. Now, that was Washington State. That's the left coast. It's now happening on the East Coast in New Jersey. This is a a New Jersey assemblyman who is not allowed into the the chamber to vote. He can walk down the hallway. He can go to his offices. He can go apparently to the cafeteria. He can go anywhere but 
where he transacts business on behalf of his constituents. State House, not change. I know, I know. So I'm saying I can go that way, that way, that way, but not that way. I work as a Democrat for put this much time in going after the criminals in the state of New Jersey instead of law-abiding legislators trying to do our job. Good point. Strong point. That's where this is headed. Now, (laughs) those are people elected to do the common business of the people of the state of New Jersey. And because they have a database, they know who's had the injection and who hasn't. They're blocked from carrying out their constitutional duty. Now, you want vote fraud. There it is. You want vote suppression. It's right there. And McCarthy and these sellouts funding the database to do this to you. Now, I, I, I truly hope that enough people have seen enough now that you're not going to give in to the booster demands. You give in to the booster demands, all this is done. All of this has been for naught. If you do not give in to the boosters, you are getting a second bite at the apple. And that's very important. Yeah, I know. We'll get to the apple thing. So I love the listener feedbacking dude at the ToddHermanShow.com. They set up an email system there that I've been visiting with people this weekend. And yeah, I'll get to the Apple comment and we'll get to the song of the day and my song review, music review, because it's editorially allowed. I can do music reviews on podcasts while I work through the music licensing so we can get back to bumper music. So from Washington state now to the East Coast, they are now blocking legislators from voting or from being in the room to vote or offer amendments or to offer objections to actually participate in the legislative process. Now, what does this set up? It goes back to yesterday. We'll talk about this actually tomorrow. We are the exiled elect. Now, that's a good thing. Because we're the elect of God and we're exiled, that's actually a good thing. And being in exile, and it's not that's not my phrase. I'm not I'm, I'm not the one who made that up. It's a biblical phrase, Peter. That's actually a good thing. It gives us an opportunity to see what lawlessness looks like because we're staring lawlessness in the face. It is lawless to say to an elected representative, you don't get to elect your people. You don't get to represent your people. Only the people who are big pharma approved. Describe to me how that's not a coup. Or an insurrection. A nonviolent insurrection. You are only going to have people on the floors who have taken the need of pharma in a legislative setting. And if we let this stand, you now have big pharma approved talk show hosts only, only you let this stand. You have only big pharma approved legislators only. Now, part of this is the great parsing part of it. I also believe, and this is my supposition that Thessalonians talked about the lawless one and the coming of the lawless one. 
And I wonder to what degree that happens by degrees. Because the lawlessness we're seeing in this country, well, frankly, not just this country, but it's so obvious here because we're supposed to be a nation of laws. And I guess because we're Americans and we live here. I wonder how much time God gives giving us an opportunity to kind of prepping an environment. Hey, the Lord's saying, do you see it yet? Do you see that men are going to fail you? Do you see what your decision to not not have a political filter when you vote on, do people build my kingdom? Are these godly people? Do you see what this is getting you? Do you see that when you allow people to be kings, human kings, rather than the one king, and you, and, and you worship the kingliness of government, do you see where this is heading? So I wonder how much time God spends allowing us to sort of get to the point of, wow, I better come to a decision here in this time of choosing. Now, you can always count on the political axiom where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. Always. It's my most favored political axiom. And there is. The Fouch went on Fox News with Neil, or is it Fox Business? Yeah, Fox Business with Neil Cavuto. And Cavuto had sort of a question about with all these diktats and these injection diktats and forcing people and firing people, and it's now 11,000 Air Force um, troops, 11,000 Air Force members chose not to get the injections. Man, it's a good thing we're never going to need airplanes. It's a good thing that we'll never have another 9-11 style attack where we didn't have we didn't have armed aircraft. Remember that? Do you remember that the greatest military on earth, when the airplane was headed to the Pentagon, or they didn't know the Pentagon or the White House, they just knew it was headed towards DC, and they scrambled those jets. They didn't have any jets ready to go, so they had to warm them up, which is a process. Then they didn't have them armed. They weren't armed. They're flying up there and they say to the people in the airplanes, the heroes, we may need you to ram this airplane, this jet, and then kill yourself and all the civilians on board or the non-terrorists on board. Good thing that we're going to have with 11,000 Air Force members refusing the injection. Good thing we're never going to need those 11,000 troops. Phenomenal. But let's go to the double standards and hidden agendas. This is Neil Cavuto talking to Dr. Tony Fauci, the sexiest man alive. Into this country, um, you know, see that they're, they're COVID safe and all of that. But I was thinking, I know you've been asked about this in the past, doctor, about uh, what's happening at the border right now. We have about 18% of the migrant families here, 20% of unaccompanied minors testing positive for uh, the COVID. Uh, if you use the figure of 20,000, and that's a, a loose figure, doctor, uh, who have been apprehended that that could be up to 4,000 individuals who have COVID. What do we do about that? You know, Neil, I, I don't have an easy answer for that. I mean, obviously, Title 42 is still operable at the border, trying to keep people who should not come in into the country. There is testing that is done. I, I, I'm, I'm certain it's not as extensive as we would like to see. But I have to admit, uh, Neil, I don't have an easy answer. That yeah, because we, not, we know this isn't something we can force people to do. You, you know, people who who have snuck into our country illegally and we have detained. And you pointed out a lot of these people have been in uh, have been in detention. Uh, it, we can't force them to take the injections to get out of to get out of jail, uh, out of detention. That would be uh, 
well, uh, that, I, I can't, that, well, I'm, I'm told not to do that. <laughs> okay, let's backtrack a little bit here. Let's just take a recent trip through memory on the Todd Herman show. So the state of New Jersey can force legislators to have the injections in order to do the people's business. State house, not change. I know, I know. So I'm saying I can go that way, that way, that way, but not that way. I wish the Democrats would put this much time in going after the criminals in the state of New Jersey instead of law-abiding legislators trying to do our job. But we cannot, we cannot force people who are in detention centers caught by the Department of Homeland Security, we can't force them to take the injections as a condition of getting out. This country, um, you know, see that they're, they're COVID safe and all of that. But I was thinking, I know you've been asked about this in the past, doctor, about uh, what's happening at the border right now. We have about 18% of the migrant families here, 20% of unaccompanied minors testing positive for uh, the COVID. Uh, if you use the figure 20,000, and that's a, a loose figure, doctor, uh, who have been apprehended, that, that could be up to 4,000 individuals who have COVID. What do we do about that? You know, Neil, I, I don't have an easy answer for that. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Title 42 <laughs> is still operable at the border, trying to keep people who should not come in into the country. There is testing that is done. I, I, I'm, I'm certain it's not as extensive as we would like to see. But I have to admit, uh, Neil, I don't have an easy answer. That. Well, and also, you know, I'm not really privy to why we've been told uh, that we need to rid the workforce of skeptical thinkers, uh, people who will not take the need of the party at the same time as we're flooding the border uh, with people who are coming here with the expectation uh, of, of getting of getting taxpayer uh, supported uh, what they would think of as free stuff that I'm not involved at that level of the meetings. Right. Isn't that maybe the the more honest statement in all this? Double standards and hidden agendas. Sadly, it also applies to one on in uh, Michigan over the weekend. You see this? A friend of mine at radio said, I wish you were in Michigan to comment on it. Well, I'm still not in Michigan, but why don't I just comment on it right now? It's another school shooting and it's another opportunity for the, well, for the party to preen and to show their deep concern as Neil Cavuto was doing there. It just occurred to me that Neil Cavuto spoke the language of the party. These are migrants, not illegal immigrants, just migrants. Because there's no delineation. So the latest school shooting involved the parents now being accused, the parents of the alleged shooter. And I don't say shooters' names. When it's a when it's a an attention seeking or appears to be an attention seeking move that 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 will beget copycat killers. That's I don't say the names of the of the Columbine shooters. I don't I don't say the names of the Sandy Hook shooters. I I I, I do not want to feed whatever need people have for notoriety when they do these things. 
So it's the parents of the alleged shooter who apparently fled because they were facing charges because the, the boy got a hold of their gun and used it in these, these horrendous murders. And they're each facing, each parent's facing half a million dollars bond. Their lawyer says they were fleeing to protect themselves, you know, because it had been found out that they were the parents of this, this, this alleged murderer. So they were fleeing for that reason. And maybe that makes sense. Maybe you're facing death threats. Almost certainly you are. My concern here is, uh, once again, the double standard and hidden agenda. And the, the point of shootings like this, and it's Fox is doing this too, is it's so easy for us to go, didn't a dude who said that white people should be murdered, didn't we just have a guy who said white people should be murdered run over a bunch of white people, including kids? And didn't the media just pretend it was an SUV that did it? And aren't they now actively disappearing that from the news cycle? Aren't they? Because it seems to me they are. Do you notice that it's gone? This, on the other hand, is perpetrated by the media as now a point of focus in a state of Michigan that has a city in it called Detroit. Detroit's getting better, thank the Lord. But Detroit has been the home to countless acts of gang violence and drug violence, using guns. And this is a constant for me, it goes beyond annoyance. That this, these people are so utterly deceived or are deceiving that this case, this black swan moment, is an opportunity to sell viewership because it does this. I need to know what happened because this could happen to my kid because my kid could go to a school and get shot. And so this fear, I need to feed, I need to feed this fear and I need to understand this and I need to, I need to be able to prepare for this. And it feeds that fear and they push out the school shooting narrative. But what is so bothersome to me is they will not for five seconds talk about godlessness In a godless society, uh, you, re, you, you see re-arrivals of nihilism. You have re-arrivals of, hey, if, if I can't have it, no one can. But you, you also have this, this being cut off, you know, from God the Father. And the ability to go to the God the Father and, and, and pray weeping on your knees for this young man, I, look, I have no doubt this young man is, is, was in insane levels of mental anguish and pain, or he's deeply mentally ill, or he's, he's inhabited by demons. I don't know which. I lean towards the insane mental illness and pain. And incidentally, I don't necessarily believe that gangsters who go out in the streets and commit drug crimes aren't also suffering from a form of mental illness. It's, it's not, it's not defined. It's not, it's not something that can be, you know, a psychologist can't say, Oh, I, I, I see that you have this condition, but I'll get to that in a second that I do think there's a mental illness. I think that the mental illness that sweeps the world, you know, in these big cities and leads to such violence and gang violence. I think the mental illness is something that is given people. I think that so many kids these days are given mental illnesses by being told that they're insignificant or being told that they, they, that they have no hope 
of anything significant. So I'll go do something significant. At the same time as society is promoting Instagram likes and YouTube stars and people who have, you know, tossed the lucky dice and did YouTube pranks and now they have hundreds of millions of dollars or tens of millions. And the, the kids see this and that's the way. So if I'm not good looking, if I'm not fantastically athletic, if I'm not the prankster on YouTube who rolls the lucky dice and ends up being this person who now has in the PayPal checking business, if I don't have that, I don't have these things. If I'm not the one who's out involved in sexual hijinks from the time I'm a little kid, you know, with all my friends now having threesomes and foursomes. And if, if I'm not, if I'm not comfortable coming out and saying, okay, well, I'm one of the 27 genders, then how do I matter? How do I create matter? My, and, and how do I create something where I'm larger than myself? And so I think kids like this will go out and say, hey, you know what? I'll be larger than myself. Hey, you know what? I don't have an outlet for my pain. Hey, you know what? I don't have any historical reference to know that the human condition involves pain. I don't have any historical significance or significant historical knowledge to understand that even the best of us go through periods of intense pain and intense suffering. Even the best of us face these things. And you add to that a world of instant click-based solutions, well, you click a trigger. I don't want to oversimplify this, but I think that's part of the phenomena. When you are in a godly mind state and you spend time with the Father and you spend time in His Word, and I am not as we'll prove in the listener feedback section of the show. I am not a theologian. I don't know the Bible well enough to be a minister or pastor, and I've been admitting that since I've done the show. I want to know it well enough to do that, and I can't wait until I feel like I am or I feel like I have that knowledge. But I'm doing what I can to align my life to what God wants, and God doesn't want school shootings. God doesn't want murders. God doesn't want the hatred that's being given kids. God doesn't want stumbling blocks put in front of kids to keep them away from him. But even you can't go through five pages of the Bible without having someone who has a gripe or a fear or a sin problem. And they were seeking the father's help and understanding but it's not just this therapeutic phrase of you're not alone. It's understanding that the God of the universe sees you. And the God of the universe, you know what? He, the God of the universe gave himself a very unique crash course in suffering. And I think this is a context that kids have had stolen from them. And the unique crash course in suffering was God himself became you know, the triune God became a little baby who suffered because he couldn't communicate. Gladly, Mary and Joseph, I'm sure, were very good parents, obviously. You know, suffered a fall when he's a kid. Suffered rejection. Well, that Jesus kid is weird. Suffered those things to the ultimate form of suffering. To be whipped and beaten and spit upon and hated. When you know yourself to be essence of everything, of no sin. And God experienced that. 
And even for a brief moment, as I read scripture, even for a brief moment, he experienced being cut off from the father. Why have you forsaken me? For a brief moment, God was able to say, wow, that's what this feels like. And I can see how that could be sacrilegious because, well, God knows everything. Yes. And, and he chose to experience that. And now Jesus, our advocate, can say, Father, when the people are cut off, it's scary. It leads to desperation, even for a brief moment. Brief as it was, thankfully for a savior. A godless society is a prayerless society. A prayerless society is a hopeless society. In my view. I know there's atheists and others who listen to the program and you have hope and I don't mean to steal your hope. But I mean to point out that the Bible and the books and the stories in it are the stories of going to God with fears and complaints and weaknesses and sin problems. Even the greatest of, of, the, of the Jewish kings. David had enormous sin problem. Uh, I really want to have sex with that woman, so you know I'll have her husband killed at the front. And he went to the father on his knees. Kids have been stolen from in this regard. Do I think that that people raised in Christian households don't go out and commit atrocities? No, it, it happens because of this sin nature. Do I think that living in a consistently godly nation, in a consistently godly environment, where we have the historical context of this interaction with the Lord, seeking to help us overcome our sin problem, do I think that helps people overcome sin problems? Well, clearly I do because I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I mentioned this mental illness as I see it with these gangsters. And I do make a, I make a delineation. I mentioned the other day in one of the podcasts that Satan has a business model. And someone wrote to me and said, you know, Satan's had a lot of business models. That's not unique. I know you thought that was a unique idea, but it's not. Satan had the business model of narcotics and narcotics dealing. And that does two things. It gives people the instant reward on earth. It gives people the treasures on earth. Easy to get, high risk perhaps, but easy to get. Easy to buy the third Land Rover, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth. Easy to have a gangster roll in your pocket when you want to go out shop and buy and, and consume. Easy to do that. I do think there's a mental illness here. And I think the mental illness is that you get what you want because it's all been taken from you. I think it is a form of mental, it's, it's coveting and it's a form of mental illness in terms of you can't do it on your own. What, what name would you put on this? How about isolated person disorder? And this comes straight from the party. And you'll see these things, parents who so hope to do well for their kids. And we saw this all the time in the adolescent mental health world. I was guilty of it, being a lawnmower parent than a helicopter parent. I will remove any source of pain for my kid. I will remove, oh, okay, so you're not making the sports team. I'll get you a private coach. Or this school hurts, so I'll remove you from this school. Or um, this, 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 uh, you know, and we do this as parents. I'm the worst. 
It's something I've really tried hard to overcome. So then you have people who have taken the parental role over black kids and they're not themselves black. And their form of parenting is to remove the consequences, even the mental consequences. You know, I think of the white people who push critical race theory and the white party members who push that into the cities and push the low bigotry, the soft bigotry of low expectations. And that's the mental illness. The mental illness is, well, I'm not capable of anything outside of the easy get. And if I can't get the easy sports get or the easy entertainment get, I'll go get the easy gang get. I'll go get the easy I own the street corner get. And that'll be mine and I'll take it. And I'm being told constantly, well, you can't expect anything else from yourself. You can't even expect to be on time for school. You can't even expect to be someone in school who achieves. You can't even expect to not be a discipline case because of the color of your skin. And this goes to the heart, to me, of what a lawless society looks like. And I mentioned this earlier. That I really puzzle over. Like For instance, the injection diktats as I understand and as I have been taught, the mark of the beast aren't. They're not the mark of the beast because the, the, the beast is going to be the beast and he's going to be saying things like, oh, I can bring you back from the dead and and I am the Messiah. And he's, he's going to be that level of false prophet. But I wonder how much God allows the enemy to test run things, to prep environments, Because there's a very slow, meticulous prepping to, oh, it's normal that the government decides if you can leave your house. Australia is just incrementally ahead of us. Austria is just incrementally ahead of us. They're building the systems now, the databases now. We are a frog being boiled more slowly because we haven't been boiled as long. That's that's, as I view it. That's all it is. Likewise with lawlessness. The enemy would be a fool, and he's not. He's a fool in one way that he thinks he's going to win. But he's scheming and clever and a thief and a murderer. He would be a foolish thief, murderer, and schemer and ultimate form of evil if he didn't prep the environment for lawlessness, if he didn't normalize lawlessness. Hi, um, teacher, why do I have to wear a mask but you don't? Ah, shut up. And it's from that level to Fouch, how come we're firing people for not taking the injections from the Air Force, but not illegal immigrants? Well, you know, shut up. Hey, you know, yours is not to ask why. Yours is to get injected and die. My friend Dan, who has this enormous email newsletter. It's, it's By the way, it's not a money-making operation. Dan's just a patriot. I don't know how many people on his list now, but it's, it's probably several thousand. And he's got a lot of meaty people like me on it. I was praying over what to say today. And Dan popped me this note. Like I, I literally had stopped at the show outline and said, yeah, but what, what am I being told by God? If anything today. And boom, this email came in from Dan. Second Thessalonians, starting in three. The man of lawlessness. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will come. Or I mean, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose 
and will exalt himself over everything that is God, that is called God or worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know that what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. In all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion. So they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Teacher, why are you showing pictures of of teenagers having foursomes? Uh, Shut up. Why are you causing business owners to bully their employees with injection Tic Tacs? Well, you know, shut up. Why not the illegal immigrants? Well, I think I told you earlier, uh, you know, shut up. And I believe that's what we're viewing. I believe that's what we're, we're watching. Incidentally, you know who that is on the phone? Can you hear that? It's my former producer, Alex. I'm halfway tempted to bring him on to the podcast, but he'd get really flustered. He has to prepare himself when we talk. Well, not when we talk, but when I bring him on the air. But this is what the phone's ringing about, and I can't reach it. I dropped my phone. This is my constant question. Does God allow the enemy to prep the environment, to normalize the abnormal, to normalize lawlessness? And my constant source of hope in this is, I hope so, Because it creates a time of choosing. God is making it A or B. It's not even multiple choice. And maybe that's just my strange way of looking at things. But to me, that's, 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 that's grace. Hey, look, it's a pass fail test. Who's building the kingdom to who's not? Who's using lies as an operating method on a daily basis and who's not? Who are the flawed people trying to follow the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost? Who is that? Who are the people who don't care? Who are the people setting themselves up as God? Well, I am science itself. Who are the people who are setting themselves up with power? All sorts of positions of power. It's the people blocking legislators from being about the people's business. It's an A-B test. And only the theft of our relationship with God can cause us to fail the test. And of course, the party's been removing God from the public sphere in every way they possibly can. Which means it's probably time for me to confront the fact that a bunch of listeners who love me are also frustrated that I used a uh, specific fruit when I was talking about uh, the Garden of Eden. We'll get to that. 
song review of the day. And a little note for me on a meeting a guy I would have thought of as a hero. I still truly admire. But I no longer think in terms of, of human heroes. So, listeners, you can write to us. Go to the ToddHermanShow.com. There's a section there on feedback. From Mark Chopper, Todd, thank you for moving to the podcast format. I believe eventually all quality content will move to that format. People will choose what they want to listen to, and it will be delivered when they want to hear it. I offer the idea that you consider a subscription podcast to at least the, the, to offset the costs that are incurred, a la Brian Suits. Uh, Mark, I appreciate that. We're going to have subscription content and it's not going to be this. I want this to be ad supported and available to as many people as possible. The subscription content, I want to provide unique value and I'm working on that. We're going to have our first video coming out soon. That's going to give you an opportunity to just destroy mask zealotry. And that's going to be coming out next week. And I'll give you a sample of what's going to be on the subscription format. Back to Mark Chopper's note. I was very disappointed that you were not offered the opportunity to replace Rush. You were the best candidate, but in the end, perhaps there's a valuable reason you you were not to take that path. Often what is best for us is, is not what we want or what others want in the moment. Now free of corporate meddling, you can truly follow God's path. You're measured, coherent, relevant, and inspiring. You're truly giving your fellow humans a gift in choosing to continue sharing your wisdom with us. Not to be deterred as not being perfect. God chose to make even his best with flaws for very good reasons. I choose to continue this journey with you. May you know many choose the same. Most importantly, God will be there with you. Mark Chopper. Thank you, Mark. And look, I... I can't say this clearly enough. When I learned that I was not going to be on EIB after Rush passed, after they picked Clay and Buck, guys, I didn't have a second of sadness. Not not one second. I had absolute gratitude for EIB for that opportunity, for getting to speak on the basis of the largest radio show in history. And what I said to my pastor, because he asked me about it too, was God has a better plan. And if this radio show in this podcast format is smaller, so be it, so long as it carries my primary goal, which is to communicate the word of God and politics around the edges. Because that's that's my primary goal. It's not ratings. It's not downloads. Those are not my primary goals. Judy Long, like the new podcast, just missed the longer podcast. Well, we're getting longer. Because I've figured out the tech stuff. Also, I'm very concerned that the fruit Eve took of is referred to as an apple. I believe it was the fruit of knowledge of God and good and evil and probably banned as he banned it from the tree of life. I think any implications that it was an apple exceeds scripture. I actually think if it was an apple, God would have said that. Also, check the meaning of gosh, gee, etc. Um, saying things like gosh or gee, yeah, I know that's a replacement for saying the name of the Savior, and I am I'm weaning myself from that stuff. I am like golly, I'm I, I, <laughs> I'm turning into a Ned Flanders. Ah, people who knew me back when. Okay, I want to address the Apple thing because a couple of people have addressed this. Uh, my focus is on the areas that are are, are redemption. That, that are that are salvation issues. I am I am learning the Bible as well as I can. I am not I, 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 I not anywhere near where I want to be. So my focus is starting on the areas that are salvation issues. I want to understand those cold before I move into the other areas. And saying Apple, I view as a colloquialism. 
And then I meet people like Judy and some other listeners to point this out. And man, I love your, I love your affection for the word that you want to make sure that the word is so accurately quoted. So from the now on, I'll say the fruit of the, the, the tree of knowledge. I'll, I will try to make myself do that. When I say that, there are others who are not as well versed as you guys in the Bible. And they'll hear me say that and they go, wait, so the apple? So one of the reasons we use apple is it's easy for people to grab onto. Okay, so it's an apple. In fact, my pastor said the other day, we don't know if it was an apple. It could have been a pear. It could have been a, a, you know, a banana. It could have been berries, whatever. But I also see people here who view this as, no, it's not whatever. It's more important than whatever. So I appreciate the note on that. Thank you, Bo- Thank you, everybody who wrote and called that out. From Tyler, hey, Todd, from the fan, a fan from Post Falls. Love it. Hey, give us a way to donate at the end of the show and we will. You say if we find value, give value. The value for value model is perfected by Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. They do a live tape to podcast twice weekly, the no agenda show with a live chat room and post the show to the feed when done. Do that. Curry invented podcasting and hates the roadcaster thing as well. Anyway, big fan, give us a PayPal to donate to and we will. Thanks, Tyler. Brother, North Idahoan, fellow North Idahoan, I love that you're saying this. I'm thankful that you're saying this. And do do me this favor. Go donate to your local church today. Donate that. Find value in the show, go donate to them. I'm going to create a business model. And the subscription business model, God willing, will will provide unique value for which people are willing to pay in an exchange, in a voluntary exchange of goods and services. Donations, in my mind, in my mind, and I know other people differ on this, donations are for churches in this era. I can't trust the Salvation Army because now they want their white donors to apologize for the color of their skin, which God granted them. Tyler, please just give it to church. I would appreciate that. I get the surprise of lifetime of the day. When I, a friend of mine, we, we got to talking about music. And I got this surprise that, that, that there's a song that's on my iPhone that I hadn't listened to in this longest time. And so she, she was talking about her favorite music because I brought up the band. I thought it was very tragic that she doesn't know a North Idaho based band called Black Happy, which had some Christian, the Christian members. I don't know that their songs were Christian, but they're Christian members. I met them back in the day. Incredible band, part ska, uh, part funk, uh, part, uh, you know, uh, grunge. They had a full horn section. Their live shows were amazing. Because he had all those musical elements and, and, and with a rock bass and then this huge horn section, not huge, but three horns. It's huge for rock and roll in those days. And I went and saw them in Spokane. I was just blown out by what they did and how they did it. So this is my music review, little music review of a song called Jesus Freak. Have you seen this song? Did you, have you ever, ever heard of this band? When I say the name Jesus Freak in the song, do you, do you know the band? They're called DC Talk. And this is an older song. And the intro is sort of a predate. It almost is an intro kind of predating some of the work of, of Nirvana, or maybe just coming off the work of Nirvana. And the tapping, the like, with the highly condensed intro to this, gives into a song that it takes you a little while to figure out. And what I love about the tune and the way it rolls out is there's a little bit of theatrics in the beginning talking about America, what America is designed to be. But I love the fact that you can't tell where the song is going until it gets to the hook and then it delivers this just powerful, 
first of all, musically powerful, but secondly, from a perspective of message, deeply powerful way of describing oneself. And it's not something you'd expect given the nature of the song. And so when she mentioned this to me, I said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go listen to that, look it up on YouTube. And then I searched on Apple Music and it's, it's right there in my library. And somehow this hasn't surfaced for me. There's a line in this song and I didn't have time to get to it in this, in, in, in this portion of the show. But listen to this line. The high and lofty, they see me as weak because I won't live and die for the power they seek. Isn't that what we're talking about? In everything we're talking about? As an expression of all that this country stands for, individual independence, with respect for the rights of others, born of the concept that all men are free and equal. They see me as weak because I won't live and die for the power they seek. To me, that just spoke of this entire episode. I'm not going to live and die for Kevin McCarthy and the business model of the party. I don't think anyone else should. I'll live and die for God Almighty. The country's part of that. It's a big part of that. But Kevin McCarthy's not. And the Republican Party is not. But there's something else about the song. What will people do? What will people say when they find that I'm a Jesus freak? You know, one of the biggest things that I think damages the faith is secret Christianity. Cloaked. Candles hidden. And the reason I think that is, is because it allows people to believe what the media wants to see about us. Those who've listened to the Seattle show may remember this story, but I got a new one. This just reminded me so much of it. I worked in probably the least godly place in Seattle, which was Tech Corridor in Pioneer Square. I'd located my, um, no, you know what? That was during a time frame where I was consulting my dear friend. I wasn't even, I didn't have my company then. I was consulting him and building my company. And there's a woman who worked in the office and she is a dear woman, beautiful, beautiful mother and and, and wife. And she just absolutely just this creative genius. 
And one day I was walking by her office and I made a habit of saying hi to my colleagues. My office was down the hall. And we're actually right next to hers. And, and I, I said, hey, good morning. Stopped in. How you doing? She goes, you know what? Did you see this TV show last night with this Christian, this, 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 I don't know, you call him pastor or minister. And he had people send in prayers and then he would send them back like cloth or something that they'd pray over a cloth or I don't remember. They sent something in a prayer cloth and then they prayed over it. And, but she had to send in money. And this guy's this fantastically wealthy guy. And it's just, just see right there. That's why I'm not a Christian. I just, I just hate that. I hate Christians. And I said, well, Deb, as a, as a Christian myself, I can certainly see why that would bother you. And she said, oh my gosh, you're a Christian? But you're so nice. And I said, yeah, I, that's part of it. Kind of the, one of the points. And she said, oh. I shouldn't have said this to you. I said, no, I'm really glad you did. I didn't, I, I didn't see that special. I want to watch it. Joel Olstein's in the news. Bunch of money, what, $600,000 found hidden in the wall of one of his buildings? Hidden Christianity allows people to make us blanks, gray men. And they can paint on us whatever they want. Now, that's the trick of dictators. They allow people to choose to see in them what they want to see. Obama was great at that. People want to see a centrist, they see a centrist. They want to see a leftist radical, they see a leftist radical. They want to see a post-racial healer, they see a post-racial healer. Brilliant at it. Hidden Christianity damages it. Because it allows the world then to be the ones painting us. So the fish on the car, for me, I realize I don't have any Christian crosses I wear. I want to do that. But only when I know I'm acting consistently in a Christian manner. So I want to do that first. Some time ago, we learned of a guy where a family member worked, one of our young family members worked at a place. And this man had severe throat cancer and was going to need to take time off for, um, for chemo. And my assessment of this guy is he doesn't know the Lord at all. And we decided to take up, well, a collection and put some money together and just give it to him, but, but do it as it came, you know, do it in the name of our church. And it was a significant amount of money. And I dropped it by and I gave it to the owner of the establishment. I said, do not, you pledge, you never tell this man who delivered this. And the owner was touched and, and he did deliver it. And our family member told us that upon getting this, 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 this envelope, all this money, that this gentleman wept. This is a man with kids, young man, really good at what he does. He wept and then he said, why is it always Christians who do this? Why indeed? It's not just Christians who are kind. 
And hidden Christianity gives people an opportunity to not see the kindness. Being open about our faith as we're consistent with employing it gives us an opportunity for people to realize that there's a difference in us. There's a light in us. And it also does something vital. When Christians truly stand up and say, no, I am not going to get injected with something that came from aborted fetal tissue. No, I'll not wear a lie on my face. No, I will not allow you to employ this pornography in my schools and to put up these stumbling blocks between children and God. People have an opportunity to say, wow. If the nice people are rising up, Maybe it's time for the rest of us to rise up. And if I admire these nice people so much, maybe I should join them. This is the Todd Herman Show. Go to ToddHermanShow.com. Leave feedback. Go be well. Be strong. Be kind. And please be right with God. <laughs>